Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. As we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And there's there's uh, there's also a duality in those things. We what are the two most important commandments? Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's the second part of the prayer. And love God. That's the first part of the prayer. Okay, so we can see that. Remember that the gospel. Remember that the center of everything is love God and love your neighbor. Okay, just just a quick. That's free. That's for free for the inductive Bible study there. So we get here to a place where the Lord Jesus Christ, as a better king, as a better priest, as a better temple, as a better prophet. He's telling us, he's teaching us how to pray. The, the one thing that he emphasized at the beginning of this prayer is to be real. Not to pray as a hypocrite, but to be real. Hypocrisy was plaguing the rabbinical system. It became corrupted by the human heart. And before we're too harsh on them, think that we're just like them. It was just the grace and the mercy of God that opened your eyes. It was not you was his work in you. Our Lord is concerned with the heart with a transformed mind. Not with the, exter- with the external, but with your heart. Going through the motions will get you nowhere. Nowhere. You will see people growing all around you through your mask. But you will not be growing yourself. And that's a terrible place to be at. You know, I remember in my teenage years, I would hear my dad speaking about the word of God and his passion for the word. I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I pretended, but I didn't have that. So let us go verse by verse, word by word to understand what the Lord has to say to us today. And I'm so excited. Pray then like this, verse number 9 says. You pray like this. You the people, you the citizens of the kingdom, pray like this. In contrast with the pagans. And in contrast with the hypocrites, you pray like this. This, this. this little phrase implies that it's not a prayer that we ought to pray, per se. But it's a guide, it's a blueprint. He didn't say pray this prayer, he say pray like this. Our Father in heaven. Please note that Jesus calls God Father. And this was not unique to Jesus. You can see in the Psalms. But he doesn't just call him father, he calls him our father. Our father. There's a special intimacy between a father and their children. For example, one of the favorite things that happens in the morning sometimes is that my daughters wake up so early. So they go to my bed. And the first thing they do is they give me a big hug. Both of them. You know, That closeness is only appropriate with my daughters. (laughs) Because I'm their father. There's a closeness, there's a relationship that they have with nobody else but their father. Remember that the Lord is your father. 
It's he cares for us. He he provides for us. He's invested in us just like I am with my daughters. They're important to me and I see them. I watch them closely. Sometimes maybe you've you've been talking to me here at church and if if my daughter catches my eye, I'll follow her. I see her. I'm interested in what she's doing. Our Father is in heaven. So even though there is closeness, we would do good to remember that He is in heaven. So we approach His throne boldly, but with reverence. But with reverence. He's in heaven and you're here on earth. He is God and you're just a man. He's different in nature. He dwells in a different place that is very much unreachable to the world in their current state. And we get to this phrase, hallowed be your name. And we're going to be spending most of our time on this little phrase. Hallowed be your name. There's a lot of debate on this, what this phrase means. There's a lot of, uh, there's so much written about what this word means. Hallow be. What, what is what is that? What does that mean? It's to be held in reverence, to be regarded and to be treated as holy. So may your name be treated. May your name be reverenced as holy. Your name. His name as he was revealed to us. The I am. The I am. The never-changing God, the eternal, His name may be glorified. Now, the question is, how do we hollow His name? How do we sanctify His name? Can we add to the holiness of God? Is there any way that I can make His name more holy than what it is already? No. So, so what does that phrase mean? What do you mean, hollow be your name? Well, let us go to Scripture. And we're going to go through the entire Scripture. We're, we're going to go to the book of Genesis. So go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness and let them have dominion. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the, he- of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Humans, we as humans are made after the image of God. Therefore, man has dominion, rulership from him. To fill the air and to subdue it, to have dominion, it's to subjugate, to crumble, to transform The Garden of Eden was a place where man had dominion on behalf of God on this earth. 
We were ruling the earth as the representatives of God here on earth. That was our job. That was the whole idea. So, just like Adam and just like Eve, we have very difficult decisions to make. The same decisions that they have. To obey his word or to follow my ideas. To obey his word or to rebel against the ruler and start my own faction. And that's what they did. So there were two kingdoms now. There were two kingdoms now. With their own rules and with their own thinking. Let us jump a few chapters ahead. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And for the people at prayer meeting, this is going to be familiar. Genesis chapter 4 verse 26. So Seth, verse 26. Chapter 4 verse 26. So Seth also a son was born and he called his name Enos. At that time people began to call upon the name of the Lord. They began to call upon the name of the Lord. What is that? What is that even supposed to mean? Or, as Charles Spurgeon would say, to call themselves by the name of the Lord. It was a way for fallen men that still are made after the image of God to be distinct. It was a way that they would make themselves distinct from everybody else. To call upon the name of the Lord or to call yourself by the name of the Lord implies a change of identity, a new identity. It's a new means to identify yourself. It means that now you belong to Him. That's why in the Old Testament it was prohibited for people to make, to have tattoos or inscriptions made in their bodies. Because they have already been marked by the Lord. Of course, that was in the Old Testament. But that's, that's what he was proving. You belong to the Lord. You are called by His name. Because you have been already marked. You have already been purchased. You already have an owner. They took His name as representatives of Him on this earth. Now let us go and see another passage. A little bit more ahead. Leviticus chapter 8. Leviticus chapter 8. Verses 9 to 12. And he said, this is this speaking about Aaron as a priest. And he set the turban on his head. And on the turban in front, he set the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded to Moses. Pay attention to this verse. Keep it in your mind. Okay? The idea is that they were, they were putting a crown on the head of Aaron. Okay? Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. And he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all of the utensils and the basin and its stand to consecrate them. And he poured some of the the anointing oil, oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. So we have that people started... To call themselves by the name of the Lord. And now we have, we get to this place in history where the Lord appoints someone to be anointed. 
Pay attention to that word, anointed. Who is the anointed one? Christ, the Messiah. So we have a type here. An anointed one. Not the anointed one, but an anointed one. Aaron was anointed or consecrated because he was a type of Messiah. So we have a priest that was anointed to represent the people. To represent the people. How do I know this? Let us go back to Exodus. And there's going to be a lot of scripture today. But what else can I give you, right? Scripture. Exodus, Exodus chapter 28. And if you have your, your inductive Bible, you're going to see, you're going to see the representation of what we're talking about right there. So good if you have it. If not, bring it to church. It's a, it's a great resource. Exodus chapter 28. And let's go and see verse 12. And this is speaking about the garments of the priest of Aaron at that time and the, all the priests that would follow him. And you shall set, verse number 12 of chapter 28, and you shall set the two stones on the shoulder pieces and the ephod as the stones of remembrance for the sons of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders for remembrance. Aaron had the name of the tribes of Israel and he would bear those names. Okay, pay attention to the image. Verse 29. So Aaron shall bear the names of the son of Israel of the sons of Israel in the breast piece of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. So what does it mean to bear the name? That word means to lift off. To carry. So Aaron was carrying the name of the people of Israel. As a representation. Okay, He was representing all of the tribes of Israel. That's why he had the names. Okay, Now verse 36. You shall make a plate of pure gold. And engrave it. Engrave on it. Let the engraving of a signet. Holy to Lord. Pay attention because this is a theme in scripture, okay? This is going, we're going to see that throughout scripture. The priest was supposed to wear a plate on his forehead that said, holy to the Lord. Holy to the Lord. And you shall fasten it on the turban by a cord of blue. And it shall be on the front of the turban. Right there on our forehead. So Aaron, with the name of the 12 tribes, as a representative of all of them, he had the name of the Lord on his forehead. He was bearing the name of the Lord on his forehead. It was it's just a representation. Bearing or carrying or lifting the name, the people of Israel. There was the anointed one to represent them. The one that carried the name of the Lord on his forehead for the people. Pay attention, pay attention to this. So now with this in mind, let us go to Exodus, to the law. Exodus chapter 20. Verse 7. You shall not take, bear, lift off, carry the name of the Lord your God in vain. 
you the people of Israel. Who are called by his name. You shall not carry that name in vain. Do you understand? For the Lord will not hold him guiltless to take his name in vain. Now you may be saying, Isaac, this is a little bit of a stretch because it was just the priest. It was just the priest. Well, let's go back to, let's go back to Exodus 19, verses 4 to 6. You yourselves have seen what I did to, to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasure possession. And we talked about this in Sunday school. Do you know what a treasure possession was at that time? It's a diplomatic term. It was the representative and ambassador of the king. That was a treasure possession. Among all the peoples. You shall be my ambassadors. Especial among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of what? A priest. How is a priest different? He dressed different. He was he he hold an office. He carried the name of the Lord in his forehead. Kingdom of priests, representatives of him on earth. Treasure possession. People who ought to see the Lord. Sorry, people ought to see the Lord when they see you as priest. It is a responsibility that the Lord is giving you. The, the verse that we read today in Numbers, as the scripture together. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel and you shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. It was a, it's a beautiful blessing that the priest used to bless the people with. The Lord makes his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And the, the last verse says, so shall they put my name upon the people in a spiritual way. Name of our Lord, holy to the Lord. So shall you put the name of the Lord upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So the people of Israel, just like the anointed Aaron, were to emulate, to lift a life, to live a life that would represent the Lord on this earth. That's that's the job of the priest. They were to be people that would bear his name. People that would hollow his name on this earth. A nation of priests pointing the world to something better. Something eternal. The kingdom of the awaited Messiah. Of the Messiah. Right? So where are we? Because that was for the people of Israel. So what about me? Let's go to First Peter. First Peter. Is the one before Second Peter? I had I had a laugh this time. First Peter, verse nine. Sorry, First Peter, chapter two, verse nine. But you 
are a chosen race. Who's you? You. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness into his light. Once you were not people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you, as pilgrims and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage a war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that they, so that, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and clap. No. And glorify God on the day of visitation. Bearing the name of God properly brings glory to God by means of salvation of other people. Because when they see your deeds, they glorify God. They transfer their citizenship. In the day of visitation, or they when when they will receive the reward, hopefully salvation. One more thing, just in case you're not sure yet, as your role. Of priest, as having the mark of God on your forehead. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22. This image is really powerful. Revelation chapter 22. Then the angel, show me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal. Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life. With its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. No longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And His servants will worship Him. They will see His face. And what? name will be on his forehead. (laughs) And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord God of the spirits of the prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Hollow the name of the Lord. You hallow the name of the Lord by understanding that you are his representative on earth. That he has a purpose for you to be holy. That he wants others to see you and honor his name through his reflection on you. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Remember, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence, the excellences of him who called you out of darkness 
Weren't we all in darkness? And he invited me to his kingdom of light. The kingdom of God was here. It's here. In Matthew chapter 4, we, we remember the land of Zebulun and the land of Nathalie, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His kingdom comes. And that's, that's verse 10 on Matthew 6. Your kingdom come. How does his kingdom come? His kingdom comes on earth when people join. When people join. When people pledge allegiance to our king. That's how the kingdom gets expanded. The kingdom of heaven is here. Heaven is expanding on earth. The kingdom needs to take over you and it takes, needs to take over me and it, take, it needs to take over my daughters and your sons, over my neighbor and over everyone that comes in contact with those that call themselves by the name of the Lord. <laughs> Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How? How? When we obey the voice of our king. Isn't that what Moses said? If you obey. The sermon on the mount. The words of your king. Are still in effect. The word of God. The scripture demands complete submission. And surrender to it. The word of God is here to teach us. To instruct us. It's not there to be taken and molded and say whatever I wanted to say. It is there to change me. So let's recap. Our Father, my Father, the relationship that I have with Him, the intimate relationship as my Father, who are in heaven, that place that was unattainable, He's higher than us. Hallowed be your name. That the people remember that you bear the name of the Lord. That his name might be sanctified through our actions. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. When people see you, you point them to Christ and the kingdom expands. And your will be done. Why? Because we, the citizens of the kingdom of God, we obey our king. We obey Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> Ask yourself if you are bearing the name of God so that his will is done here on earth. In the past, people would marvel at the love of Christians. Today, there is division and war amongst ourselves. For simple things like a virus. How will people know the truth? 
The enemy is advancing because we're setting our sight on this earth instead of hollowing the name of the Lord Yahweh, the I am. You know, he said, I am, I am who I am. Because unlike you and unlike me, he never changes. As a believer in Christ, I know that the world might be crumbling all around me, but I am planted on solid ground. I don't know about you, but people that are planted on solid ground, they're not screaming because of the wind, because of earthquakes, because of nothing. Nothing on this earth will move me because I know who I've trusted. Not death, not principalities, no sickness, no nothing. We forget that a true follower of Jesus cannot wear a mask. What do we wear? His name on my forehead. Holy to the Lord. We forget that loving one another is fundamental. While we argue about theology, while we worry about riches, while we fight among ourselves, your sons and daughters die without the truth. Your father and your mother are lost in their sin. Your neighbors never see the light, despite the fact that you're called to hollow his name. In the past, believers died hugging each other in the Roman arena. But I'm too embarrassed that my house is not as nice as the other person's house. What is happening to us today? There's, there's the singer that I love. And he has a line that says, Oh, that the master would say to the church, It is only sleeping. It is not death. If Jesus was raised up from the dead, isn't there someone that would raise you up from the death as well? What is happening to you, beloved church, that you only get excited but never actually understand? And you try to find your identity in never-ending change. I say to you, let's stand on the truth. On the I am. Let us bear his name so that his name is hollow. And the people might know of him and the kingdom expanded. So that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next week, the second part of the prayer. I say to you, wake up. There's nothing about, there's nothing about how you pray. You can pray on your chair. You can pray standing up. You can pray kneeling. You can pray in your car, in the shower. But understand that you're speaking to your father 
in heaven. <laughs> so let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for another Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for your word that changes lives. Thank you, Lord, that I need no other resource but your word. Lord, help us to remember that if we are to be called by your name, you have expectations from us, from your citizens. Help us to point people to Christ so that your name might be glorified on this earth and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray this in your name.